Welcome to the Conservation Queens podcast. We are four girls who love the earth and have a passion for living a more eco-friendly life. We are real life zoo employees. As always, nothing that we say reflects our organizations and all thoughts and opinions are our own. Please keep in mind, we try to keep the podcast around PG-13. So if you have younger listeners, you may want to review the content beforehand. Uh, I'm Emily B. I'm Abby. I'm Kenzie. And I'm Katie. And with that, let's talk about some stuff. Just kidding. We did it perfect. We did it. (laughs) (laughs) Great job, everyone. Fan shout out time. Kenzie, what you got? All right. Well, we want to give a shout out to Beluga Bath Company. These guys have been supporting us pretty much from the get go. And this is a episode (laughs) they've been requesting for quite some time. Oops. Sorry. (laughs) What? We're very busy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, But really wanted to thank you guys. It was we actually got a chance to meet them a couple months ago. Um, hope to see you guys again real soon. And if you haven't already, definitely go ahead and check them out. Uh, 10% of all of their uh, profits actually go to whale conservation. So Ooh, we love yeah. that. We do love that. We also that. love bath bombs. So it's a yes. win-win. The shower bombs. I was going to say the shower bombs. Those are my favorite. They <laughs> yeah, smell so, you, so good. Yeah. So if you don't have a bathtub, you're covered. You're covered. <laughs> Well, especially like the eucalyptus one, if you have like a stuffy nose or something, it like clears you out so quick. It's so nice. Beluga Bath Co., our entire pod. Thanks for being our Patreon. Our podcast. (laughs) (laughs) um, Whale pun. All right, moving on to some conservation. There will be more. (laughs) (laughs) Some conservation updates for uh, this week. We have uh, quite a few. The first one, I actually haven't gotten a chance to look at this. Oh, you're going to giggle when you read the title. Well, I will read the title right now. Protecting Coral Reef Connectivity Found to be Crucial for Conservation Efforts. What? I would have never guessed in a million years that that is uh, crucial. That's the I I found this article. Is it literally? It's like such a short article. Yes, it's like like, like, we've we've known this for thousands, like probably thousands of years. Because I'm I'm pretty sure the Maori people and everyone else who lives in Polynesia figured that out way before we did. So it's basically saying that. It's become clear over the past several decades that global warming and increased amounts of carbon dioxide in the air are harming the world's coral reef. Um, however, researchers have now found that there's another threat to coral reefs and the creatures that call them home changes to the corridors that connect them. Well, oh, okay. So what they're getting at here um, yeah, is help me out. Yeah, no, I got you. Um, they're getting at larvae. Um, so coral reefs are a great place for lots of fish to um, basically make babies. And their fish larvae and coral larvae and crustacean larvae all spend a lot of time just drifting around um, in the water column before they settle and become whatever organism it is that they're going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really is impacted when we cut off these corridors and we are impacting them with shipping traffic. We're impacting them. Uh, with development, things like that. So they're saying we need to make sure that all these coral reefs are still connected so that these larvae can get where they're going. Uh, that also helps with genetic diversity as well, which is critically important when it comes to uh, conserve- conserving all these animals. Neat. Well, there you go. 
I also just thought it was funny. I was like, oh, we're learning this now. Okay. It just is, it is a funny title. Um, well, anyway. on a very limited group of people. On today's episode of Conservation Queens, uh, today we're learning things that we should have known about the ocean for a long time. Or things <laughs> this is have been saying for years and no one was listening to. And then they're finally like, oh man, maybe this is a, a thing. So. Yeah, get get ready the next two pieces of conservation news are like pretty cool <laughs> the first so one excited. i was literally spent maybe two days like just thinking about this news. <laughs> um a good two days of just like wow this is wild so if you are i know we've talked about this meme group on facebook for quite some time if you're in wild green memes for ecological fiends you will know exactly what i'm talking about because it has taken the meme world by storm um but basically there is a stellar sea eagle that was spotted in maine recently um if you are not familiar with the stellar sea eagle um i will take this quote from this article about it (laughs) this The beginning of the article is the stellar sea eagle, quote, it's ripped, royal, and rare. Ooh. Ooh, (laughs) starting out real, yeah, I was like, they immediately drew me in with this article. Wait till they hear about the harpy eagle. (laughs) So uh, they are the world's heaviest eagle. They have an eight-foot wingspan, and they are native to, or you would normally see them in Korea, Japan, or eastern Russia. Now, they are found elsewhere. Um, it's They've been in Alaska before. They've been spotted in Canada. But those are pretty rare occurrences even still. Um, however, none of these stellar sea eagles have ever been spotted in the lower 48 states until now. Uh, this happened five days before Christmas of last year. One of the birds flew into Booth Bay Harbor, Maine, which I've actually been to several times. Um, lovely area if you ever visit Maine. <laughs> Not a place I would expect to be see a stellar sea eagle. It's the wrong but... side of the country. Yep, it sure is. This guy, all the memes about this, like when this event happened, um, are just <laughs> pictures of this eagle with like, my favorite one is not all those who wander are lost. And then the next frame, it's a close up on the eagle's face and it just says, but I but sure I am. am. <laughs> <laughs> like they're all that sort of uh that sort of joke. So, yeah, it's just the first sighting of this raptor in this area of the country. So it's known as what's called a va- vagrant. Vagrant? Am I saying that right? Vagrant. Or right. Vagrant. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's basically what uh, any kind of animal that's straying outside of its native range is called. It's still in Maine as of January 16th. Uh, <laughs> like it's nice here. It's it's been, yeah, it's definitely been watched very closely by researchers and just bird lovers in uh, general. Let me tell you about the birding community at this time. They're pretty hardcore. It is. <laughs> They're going ham about this I bird. follow several creators um, that make, like, art with birds in them. And literally all of them who can and af- can afford to are flocking to Maine to maybe see this eagle for, like, 20 seconds. And it's it, so funny, too, insane. because this time of year, like, that area, Booth Bay, Maine, is, like, a pretty big tourist area in the summertime. But during the winter, it is, like, pretty much abandoned. 
So I don't know where these people are going up there, like finding a hotel or whatnot. But I just find that that every hotel in that region is like, oh my god, this has to happen every year now. Yeah, right. We need to have a stellar seagull. Um, So, like this article, and like Abby just said, would normally involve a plane ride anywhere from six to twelve hours and a passport to see this eagle. So, it's pretty, you know rare and pretty awesome that it is here uh we're not really sure why it's here it just wandered a little farther west than or east than normal i guess so okay my theory (laughs) (laughs) i have a theory okay Uh, so you know how all the belugas have been getting lost yeah maybe he's just looking for them i mean don't wind currents mimic ocean currents though Sometimes. So maybe maybe there was a... We've had, like, those weird storms lately. So maybe there was the weird storm came maybe through when he just... Maybe just to take a vacation. He's just a storm. He was like, peace or out, he was everyone. like, they lifted their travel ban. I can go now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's ready. So uh, that is, for all you bird lovers out there, some pretty fun news. Also just fun news in general. It's just... Everyone's obsessed with this. There was another comic, I think Bird and Moon Comics did one, where it was like the e- like a bald eagle talking to so like the mighty bald eagle. Look at all these people who come to see me. And he like looks around and this uh, the stellar seagull pokes his head and he's like, Hi, I'm a stellar seagull. I don't belong here. And then there's <laughs> pictures of everybody like taking pictures of him. Amazing. It. It's all good. All right. Well, my other piece of conservation news uh, is pretty cool. It's uh, about Ikea. I love Who's Ikea. Dan? Beloved furniture chain. Yep, a lot of us do sure love Ikea. Uh, so the owners of Ikea, it's called Inca Inca. Inca. Weird word. As Swedish. hard to pronounce as um, everything that they sell. <laughs> Inca Group. Uh, they're the owners of the Ikea furniture chain and they just bought 3,200 acres of forest in Florida that had been destroyed by a hurricane in order to restore it with longleaf pine. <gasps> so That's it's part so cool. of, yeah, it's part of the company's commitment to carbon neutrality. So they have gradually, this is kind of crazy. This company has gradually accumulated more than 600,000 forested acres in the U.S., Europe, and New Zealand to offset the CO2 it releases during its entire value chain. Like, wow. Dang. <laughs> I'm never buying my furniture from anywhere else ever again. (laughs) Um, The new forest will obviously support increased biodiversity, help ensure sustainable timber production and responsibly managed forest um, and recover uh, land damaged by it was damaged by Hurricane Michael in uh, 2018. Do we know where in Florida this is? Do not know where it doesn't really give any specifics as to where it is in Florida, just that it's 3,200 acres. So there you go. But I don't know. I was like, dang. That's cool. We like companies that do that stuff. So uh, IKEA is pretty okay in our book. Works for me. All right. <laughs> zoo news. Let's go. Guess what There's I have? Lots of zoo news. What? Porcupine news. <laughs> Which we always love. Uh, it's not like super weird or anything but a baby ptp at the national zoo we love it ptp i forgot we called them that um, now, porcupines. now when people dm me pictures of them on instagram they're like check out my ptp and i'm like i love you so much 
It's amazing. I have started this. We created started a monster. A thing. The, the PTP fandom. I'm the president. Yeah. Um, the vice president. <laughs> and the secretary and the treasurer. <laughs> yep. It's a party of one. It's me. Um, the Columbus Zoo is helping uh, with four rescued manatees that are rescued here in Florida, um, which they do pretty often. They have a really good manatee rescue program. But the best part are their names. You ready? Yeah, yes. ready. Their names are Lizzo, Cardi T, Mary Kate, and Ashley. One hundred out of ten. So good. So I well, the, I, when I saw this the other day and I read Cardi T, I almost died. I was like, "That's <laughs> the so best good. name I've ever heard for a manatee in my entire life." And I've heard a lot of names for manatees, especially this year. Oh God, amazing! Cardi T, so good. I actually don't have like any bad zoo news this week, which is nice. Um, The last one is like bittersweet. Um, In honor of what have would have been Betty White's 100th birthday, zoos, aquariums, and animal rescues across the country received literally thousands of dollars in donations. Oh, I'm pretty sure I read that. I don't. I'm not going to back this up, but I'm pretty sure like the Orlando. Pet Rescue got about $30,000 in donations. The Los Angeles Zoo alone received over $70,000 in donations on Betty White's birthday. Can we make this an annual thing? It's yeah. going to be now. And, that, right. and it, it fits especially with the LA Zoo because that's where Betty was a board member. She was on the board for the LA Zoo. And so people have reached out. Um, and it's it's the coolest thing ever. So... Uh, I actually just saw a comic um, right before we recorded, and it was a comic of Betty White in heaven with an angel, and, like, around them was all these, like, dog and cat noises, like, in the, like, picture, and Betty White was asking the angel, what's all that noise? And the angel was like, oh, that's just all the dogs and cats uh, excited about all the donations they got for your birthday. Oh, and wow. I was like, that's the cutest thing I've ever seen in my wow. life. I might start crying right now. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Thank you Very for cute. being a friend, Betty. Oh. Thank you for being a friend. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's time for Beluga News, the best news. I need like a you like a intro? An air horn. <laughs> that's what I want. Oh, oh an air Okay, horn, I yeah. got you. Ready? <clears throat> Oh my god. There it is. That's pretty good. Thanks. Sorry, listeners, for your ears. <laughs> I'm not. So I only have one Beluga news this week. It is that a couple of organizations up in Alaska put together a petition. Uh, the organizations are the Center for Biological Diversity, the Environmental Investigation Agency, the Alaska Wildlife Agency, and or sorry, Alaska Wildlife Alliance, excuse me and the Cook Inlet, uh, like, keepers. Uh, keeper, not, like, zookeeper, like, Cook Inlet in general, like, the overseers, uh, submitted a petition today demanding that the Secretary of Commerce and National Marine Fisheries Service stop issuing take authorizations. So in Marine Mammal Protection Agency, the Marine Mammal Protection, what's the word I'm looking for? Act. Act, that's it. I keep saying agency. Act is what I was looking for. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Uh, in the Marine Mammal Protection Act, you can't take, do you hear my air quotes? They're there. Mm-hmm. Uh, any marine mammal. So a take can be a harassment, a actual, like, if you murder that animal, 
on purpose or on accident, um, basically just disrupting them is considered a take. So they allow a certain amount of takes for each animal that is covered under the Marine Mammal Protection Act. I'm assuming a lot of that's for like native tribes who in traditionally like will take those animals and yes, use their yes. body parts and stuff. Yeah. Right. Um, but it also, like I said, is just generally covers any sort of interaction um, that happens to them. So they want the National Marine Fisheries Services, who oversees all of this, to stop issuing as many as they do for these belugas um, because this po population, we've talked about it a bunch, is not doing very well. There's only about 270, 280 individuals left. Uh, basically, this study looked, they did a study that looked at how many takes were allowed. And they basically said that it allows for every single animal in the population to be affected like three times a year at least, which is just ridiculous. Mm. Um, hmm. So they want that number of take permits to go way down. Um, so that way the belugas are not as impacted. They aren't, um, this population you are not allowed to hunt or anything like that. Uh, but they just like they are issuing these take permits to all of these commercial operations that work on the inlet. So they can say, oh, well, we did a sonar operation in this one corner of the inlet and it may have affected 30 of these whales. Well, that's 30 takes. Yeah. So gotcha. not great. Not great. No, so <laughs> we don't. Su we uh, support the petition that they stop doing this. Thank you so much. If you're not going to be nice to the things that are around you, maybe you shouldn't be in that space. Correct. Uh, let's see. All right. That is all the beluga news I have for this week. Uh, but get ready, kids, because it's about to be a wild ride. It's about to be a whale of a tail, everyone. Something like that. So as Kenzie discussed earlier, our great friends at Beluga Bath Co. suggested that we do a whale-centric episode and so I thought to myself, what Emily can I was talk like, about? I will happily oblige. Will, absolutely. I could do a whole podcast just on whales. If you want that, let me know. You could do a whole podcast and just beluga news. We we restrain her, guys. Like she's <laughs> true. We gotta true. hold her back. We gotta it's hold true. it back sometimes because otherwise it's too much. It's true. She is too powerful. You know, we just really love belugas here. Uh so anyway, beaked whales. That's what I landed on because I was like, well, we could talk about killer whales. No, we could talk about more beluga stuff. No, we've already done that. We could talk about North Atlantic right whales. Well, we've mentioned them a few times. Nope. Beaked whales, baby. Which, That's what we're doing today. I did not know those existed until you told me. I'm also pretty sure I did not either. This is like me with the tarsiers all over again. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Gosh, I love them. <laughs> They're so silly. Those well, be little aliens. Yeah. Well, I would argue that that also applies to beaked whales. They're they're creepy, no sense. They're creepy big aliens. Yeah, I would agree with that. I just why head so flat but dolphin face? It's <laughs> why head so flat? Why no melon? Why no teeth? Why tusk? They have. have they don't questions. have any teeth. We're getting there. Oh, We're getting got, there. They got beaks. <laughs> But that okay. Yep. Uh, we'll we'll get there, kids. We'll get there, kids. Okay. I understand you all have a lot of questions at this I'm, point. I'm already stressed out about this. <laughs> all right. Well, Emily, go ahead and tell us what what is a beaked whale. I'm so glad you asked. Good starting point. <laughs> Sorry, I was looking at pictures and it derailed. All right. So beaked whales are a type of whale. Uh, 
we've talked about cetaceans before. Cetaceans includes all whales, dolphins, and porpoises in that you have toothed whales and you have baleen whales. A toothed whale would be something like a bottlenose dolphin. A baleen whale would be something like a humpback whale or a blue whale. Uh, beaked whales are toothed whales, which we're getting there. Um, <laughs> it's also confusing. They're like but narwhals. they're basically, size-wise, they're in between, if you've ever seen a bottlenose dolphin, they're like a really big bottlenose dolphin or like a really small killer whale, like really small. Let's see. So they, the reason we don't know hardly anything about them, beaked whales are one of the least known about groups of mammals on earth. Um, there are many species that we literally only know because one has washed up somewhere um, or stranded somewhere. And that's literally the only time that species has ever been seen. Um, but the reason we don't know very much about them is they tend to live much of their lives way out in the deep sea. They do not come coastally at all. Uh, they live way, way out because they are diving frequently. They are deep, deep divers, and they're looking for squid and fish. Um, they appear to be not very abundant, whereas something like a bottlenose dolphin, you just see them everywhere. Um, these guys, they travel in smaller groups, we think. And they, we think. We, there aren't that many of them, we think. Uh, again, we literally know next to nothing about most of them. There are about 22 to 26 species. I say 22 to 26, and you're like, why is there four that are in the margin? <laughs> uh, that's because we're still figuring it out. Um, I mean, to be fair, so we like also say there's between 18 them. and 20 kinds of penguins. Exactly. And we, we've so, seen all of them, and people as, still can't agree. As the genetic studies are being refined, we can really look at, are these distinct genetic populations? Are they just different color variants of the same um, type of whale, etc.? It gets really confusing. So there are roughly 22 different kinds of them, but maybe more. I mean, we just found a new one last year, so there's probably more out there. I think that was I in our Beluga News, and you were like, just kidding, it's not Beluga News. That's true. Uh, so let's see, what else? Um, only three to four species of these beaked whales are, and I have this in heavy quotes, reasonably well known. Uh, <laughs> that includes the Cuvier's beaked whale, the Baird's beaked whale, uh, the Blainsville beaked whale, and the bottlenose and you whales. And it's crazy? Hmm. I still, like, all those ones you just mentioned, aside from bottlenose, never heard of. Yep. Okay, yep. but bottlenose whales, they stole all the melon from the Cuvier's beaked whales, and they have all the melon. Yeah, well, only the boys. Rude of them. The only boys the boys have the giant melons. They're sexually all dimorphic. Pictures, all these pictures are of boys. Oh, wow, they're funny. Okay, I never, I didn't know what a bottlenose it looks whale like, looks like. It I looks like a really seven-year-old's drawing of a bottlenose dolphin. It does. <laughs> that, is ac that is very accurate. So <clears throat> let's cover some basics here. So they can be really big. Uh, they can be up to 40 feet long. Although oh most of them, what? Yeah, most of them fall in the like 15 to 20 feet long category, which is still big. Uh, I am not okay. <laughs> it's okay. It just keeps getting worse. Don't worry. These things are just out there right now. <laughs> just we don't know anything about them. <laughs> uh, basically, they're like a longer dolphin or a shorter whale, but they are just weirdos. Okay, uh, but considering beaked whales track records, I feel like this is like the unknown assassin that's going to come and destroy the universe. They are pretty smart, but I would argue that they are not nearly as um, chaotic 
as God on those dolphins. <laughs> we don't, Nothing. We don't know. Except it's for just orcas they, are as chaotic as no, but They might dolphins. be even worse because they cover their tracks. <gasps> oh my God, they're sneaky chaos. This is going to turn into a beaked whale conspiracy theory. <laughs> uh, going back to some of the basics, they do differ from like common dolphins in the, their teeth. Most species only have two teeth uh, and some have <laughs> tusks like the strap-toothed whale. Uh, which is the source of my nightmares. Yes, that's the one that you showed me first, and I Ooh. haven't Ooh. really forgiven you from that Gotta one Google this guy, strap-toothed whale. Yeah, you got it. A side note, um, at the end of this, I have a whale-related nightmare to share with you that I Ooh, have. I cannot <laughs> wait. To- oh, my God, what the heck Well, you, Kenzie, you Google it, too, and you see it. This is what was in your nightmare, so you can oh, accurately it tell. Wait, no, it's literally a babarusa whale. What are you kidding me? <laughs> what? That looks like a babarusa whale. She's not wrong. He's got, it looks like, I mean, I know they're not coming through his, like, the top of their nose, but it looks like they are. And the diddly darn, (laughs) Darwin thing is this. Darwin! (laughs) What the hell? Oh, man. Welcome to my favorite episode of this podcast we've ever done. (laughs) Where you betray all this information and then all, you betray all trust emily i don't know if i can forgive you oh, it's really you funny irrationally angry <laughs> is if you look up the strap toothed whale on google images most of the pictures are drawings just showing you how little we have on this because thing. we've never seen one alive well, that doesn't some... make it better for me that makes it worse <laughs> for me i'm sorry uh yeah so we've got some more fun facts for you uh they do not <laughs> are you have sure me- they're fun I mean, they're facts. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> they don't surface as much as other dolphins exactly. or other whales. So they don't have notched flukes. So if you picture a dolphin's fluke, it's very clearly like two halves of one fluke um, <laughs> or two halves of one tail, I guess. Beak whales, it's not as defined. Uh, they are sexually dimorphic. Males are much larger than females. And most species are only known from stranded animals or animals that have been caught accidentally in fishing. Uh, And they have only been described to science in the last 20 years or so. So up until the mid to late 1990s, we really didn't know anything or even have any studies talking about these animals. Um, Most of the research that has been done with them has been done. So in the last 20 to 25 years, which is just insane. So what are they known for? Wow, I'm so glad you asked. No, they're cute. I really like the sharp-toothed whale. I am a big fan. I really do think they look like babarusa whales. Cross-tusk whale too. There are quite a few. So they are all. The main thing that pulls them together, uh, besides nothing being known about them, is that they are (laughs) deep diving. So Cuvier's Mm. beaked whales are the best studied of the beaked whales. There are several populations that live in tropical waters that have been well studied, uh, both in the Atlantic and the Pacific, uh, notably out in Hawaii and in the Caribbean. And so they have studied these whales pretty well. We know more about them than we do any of the others. Um, In 2020, they were discovered to make a dive for 222 minutes. Holy cow. That is a long time. Wow. That is several hours. (laughs) That's almost four hours. Yes. That is a mammalian record. So before that, we thought they would die for around 90 minutes to two hours. Uh, But this one whale was clocked at the end. So I was like, hold my beer. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Okay. Pause for a second. 
and look up Blaineville's beaked whale because this is this is the nightmare fuel that yeah, you meant. I, I, I just saw that and I, I saw him standing. There's one of it in a sling standing next to a lot of the ship workers and I felt very uncomfortable. I don't what? like him. The actual film. Look at it. He's so bad. Wait, what's with the eyeballs? I, I don't really think look. They, they're not eyeballs. They're like yeah. tusks. Yeah, those are little teefies. But why he got to oh have them by his eyeballs, Emily? Oh my god, that's so weird. I'm getting to it. I'm getting to the tusk thing. Wow. Does okay. he have eyes? Yes. He has eyes. If you look at the drawing of it, it's a lot easier to see. I don't trust that. They haven't seen them enough. Well, I I personally love it, actually. They're really weird this looking. This could be the first weird animal that I'm not on board with. <laughs> Amazing. All right. You can continue. All right. Back to your scheduled programming. Uh, in 2020, they were also discovered to dive as deeply as between 6,000 to 9,000 feet, which is another mammalian what? record. Uh, normally, their dives average about 1,600 feet to 3,000 feet deep. Sperm whales who? Yeah, really? <laughs> Pretty much. So you may be asking, how the heck do they do it? They're a mammal. That seems impossible. <laughs> I would agree with you. Uh, preliminary studies have shown that beaked whales have really, really, really big spleens um, and also enlarged livers compared to other cetaceans that dive. Uh, and this is thought to help them process the lactic acid that builds up while they're diving. Isn't uh, that they what also... sharks have too? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they have these really large spleens, which help them to filter their blood faster, um, which can remove the lactic acid and allow them to not get the bends. Uh, something interesting I learned today they possess slight indentations in their body cavity. They tuck in their pectoral flippers while they're diving. So it helps them be more hydrodynamic. That's kind of cute. Mm. I like that. That's kind of cute. That's fine. Yeah. So the they also have problems with. Right. So if you've ever heard of the mammalian dive reflex or mammalian dive response, basically these guys are just doing it like at the most extreme level. So the mammalian dive response is something that is exhibited in all mammals. Basically, if you get our noses and our mouths wet, we basically think we're underwater. So we start to like physiologically change the way that we're operating so that we can stay underwater longer. Um, it's very strange. There's a lot of studies about it in people um, and other animals. However, um, like I said, beaked whales, they're just doing it at like level a thousand. So they literally are changing like the metabolic processes of their body to stay down there longer insane yeah but why are they going all the way down there great question and the answer is food they... there's food up top yeah nope. but they want the stuff at the bottom less enough. competition yeah that's they true. eat a lot of squid they will eat bottom drilling crustaceans and some benthic fish as well uh but here's why they only have two teeth and it's because <sighs> they're not grabbing their food they are sucking it up like a vacuum. They're vacuums what? too? Absolutely not. I don't like this. All right, and I... here's how they do it. You ready? Oh, no. Weird. Tell me. <laughs> so they have these weird grooves in their throat, right? Oh, my God. Basically, they, they move their tongue and the muscles in their throat to, like, suck it in really fast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. This is bad. Big slurp. <laughs> Uh, basically, they're just like little vacuum cleaners. It's very cute. So wait, what happens if they like slurp up a crustacean? How do they, they just suck it down? The whole no. thing? Well, they can't chew it. <laughs> I hate this so much. I am crunch. horrified and fascinated 
and really just I'm loving it. I'm learning so much. <laughs> I know you can't see me right now, but I'm in the most you can all, my whole body language is just uncomfortable. They really I, like uh squid. That's their favorite. So they would prefer squid over everything. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> do they have to slurp it though? They just like to slurp. It's what they do. They, okay. I mean, it's better than watching a bottlenose dolphin slurp down things because that would scare me. At least these guys, I don't have to see it. Yeah. Uh, so the main point here about beaked whales today is that we literally know nothing about them. Where do they live? Great question. Some of them live in the poles. Some of them live in temperate waters. Some of them live in tropical waters. Some of them live all over the place. We literally don't know because we find them everywhere. And the same species will pop up in places that we don't expect. Very odd. Uh, gestation period? Don't know. Reproductive rate? Don't know. Social structure? Don't know. How long do they live? We have no idea. Awesome. These are all things that we don't know. Uh, part of the reason we don't know anything about them is that nobody has tried or ever been successful keeping them in human care. Uh, there have been two or three cases where they have tried to rescue them. Um, a couple of facilities in California and I think one in Florida as well. Uh, but the animals are usually so far gone by the time that they are rescued that they end up not making it. Um, so it's not anything to do with the facilities they went to. It's just that by the time these animals strand, they're so far gone. Well, it's like great white sharks, like same thing when they try putting those in aquariums and it just doesn't work. Exactly. Uh, so there are lots of things that affect beaked whales and reasons that we should care about them. Um, some fun facts, killer whales eat them, which is fun. That's actually been documented, uh, a couple places, both in the Arctic and the Antarctic. That's so, the least surprising part of this entire episode. I would agree. It's just like, they eat uh, everything. They probably just yes. kill them for fun too. That's why I can't find them. The killer whales keep killing them. Goodness gracious. Wow. Uh, so a couple other things, this, uh, we know from other animals, other mammals as well, but basically the food that they eat, if there is chemicals in the water, it builds up and builds up and they end up accumulating those toxins into their blubber. Uh, so that has been found in uh, beaked whales. They also have been found to ingest garbage, just like anybody else um, that lives in the ocean. They see trash. They don't know it's trash. They eat it. Um, it looks like the food that they're going after. Uh, another big one for beaked whales is that they're caught as bycatch in trawl nets. Um, this is becoming more prevalent as we are fishing down the food chain. Uh, basically, all the fish that we want don't exist anymore because we ate them all. So we're going after less desirable things like things that live on the bottom of the ocean. And when we trawl the bottom of the ocean, A, we ruin the bottom of the ocean. But we also catch things that we didn't expect, like a beaked whale. I could really go into that, but we're going to stop it there. Uh, another one. Now, this one is the most studied thing about beaked whales in every beaked whale paper that I tried to read. Basically, just was this phenomenon. Um, because they are so deep diving. And because they are hunting by echolocation, they are extra sensitive to sonar um, and oh. other sounds. So if they are affected by like military sonar training, things like that, it freaks them out. They don't know what's going on um, and that changes their behavior. So, okay, imagine you're a beaked whale. You're minding your own business. You're like, I'm going to go for a dive. I'm going to go catch some food. My you get down to the bottom of the ocean. You my teeth are coming out of my eyes. <laughs> You take a big breath. You go down to the bottom of the ocean. You're catching some little squids. Things are going well. You're like, okay, I have like 30 minutes of air left. Fine. Uh, do, 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 do. Okay, I have to make some safety stops on my way back up because I'm a beaked whale. And if I just shoot right to the surface, I'll die because of the bends. 
probably not thinking that complicated. <laughs> like, that's what's happening physiologically, okay? No, that's well, exactly sudden, what's going through their head. Do to do down to that. It's actually just hear. a recording of uh, we've <laughs> we've been mind control, and Emily's just record playing a recording now of what beach whales are actually thinking. <laughs> So anyway, you're minding your own business. You're like, I got 30 minutes of air left. And all of a sudden you hear this noise and you're like, whoa, bro, that sounds like a scary noise. I'm not about that. I'm that gonna sounds get- sus. I'm going to get out of here. So you shoot straight to the top. Okay. Oh, bad call, no. chief. Bad call, oh, chief. No. Bad call, chief. <laughs> so this can cause, um, just like in humans that get the bends, if you are do not make the correct ascent, um, you can experience gas embolisms. And this has been documented in these whales. Uh, they have documented um, lots and lots of stranded beaked whales, and they have connected it to military sonar training. Like the training exercise will happen three days later, five whales wash up, and they all have this like gas embolism. Oh. So there have actually um, been some success with getting uh, militaries to ban this type of training in areas that we know that these whales live Um, in the Canary islands, they banned it and uh, it worked. There have been no strandings of beaked whales since they banned these activities. Oh, wow. That's good. Which just is like direct correlation. Like we knew that it was happening because of this. We stopped the thing and now it's not happening. Surprise. Surprise is ideal. Honestly. Yes. So literally, if you like go on Google Scholar or any other scientific journal and you look up beaked whales, that's all you're going to find is studies that are talking about their sonar mm. and how they are affected by um, underwater noise. So that is the biggest thing that affects beaked whales. And basically every single one of these papers ends with, we need to stop affecting beaked whales because we really don't know how many are out there. And maybe we just killed the last three on Earth, but we'll never know. We'll never know. <laughs> so that's that's really the issue here. Um some important beaked whale news that has happened in the last couple of years here. Um, well, mostly just last year. We talked about this a lot when it happened, but the Ramari's beaked whale was discovered in 2021. Um, and actually last year they discovered possibly a new species in Mexico, but it's still under study. Uh, I also have pulled up here a scientific paper that was published in, I just had this, 2019. Uh, just because I was looking for some background information from the scientific community instead of just like Wikipedia and Nat Geo, um, just to see like what they had to say about beaked whales in general, uh, literally just says, we still know little about many of these large mammal species. The scarcity of knowledge is the scarcity of knowledge is a concern because they have been identified as particularly sensitive to human activity, in particular, those that generate high levels of water under no- underwater noise. Um, they also said, identifying beaked whales is very, very difficult just based on sight because they, there's sexual dimorphism between males and females in these different species. They exhibit different colorings. They exhibit different patterning even within the same species. So it's really, really tough to tell them apart. And they look kind of like, they kind of look like bottlenose dolphins. Exactly. So it's, it's very difficult um, species ID is nearly impossible unless you get genetic data. And we know that that's hard to get from a living, um, animal. I actually watched a really old, I say really old, it's probably only 10 or 15 years old. Uh, an old Nat Geo thing I found on YouTube today about beaked whales. There's this, uh, scientist Nan Hauser is her name. She works in the Caribbean and she is like the leading scientist on, I think it's Blainsville beaked whales in the Caribbean. Oh, the crazy and ones with the teeth eyes. 
Yeah. But they actually, they used back when Nat Geo created Critter Cams. So this was, you know, big deal back then. Now we put Critter Cams on everything. But they were able to, they went out looking for beaked whales. Majestically, one pops up. The magic of television, I'm sure. But they literally hand tagged this beaked whale with a Critter Cam. The beaked whale swam around for a couple of hours. And when they got the Critter Cam back, she had literally given birth. In the oh like my three God. hours, Whoa. it was the first time anybody had ever seen a baby beaked whale. Oh, and it was all caught on like her little critter cam. It was Wouldn't she cute. just like explode? I would know what to do with myself. I would literally die. Like I, so as you all clearly are aware, I love whales, um, and one of my goals for my honeymoon is to go see some incredible whales. So some of these. Uh, tour groups that operate out there that take people out to go see whale watching. They post the cool stuff they see. um, And every once in a while they will see a beaked whale. And when I tell you, if I'm there and I see a beaked whale, (laughs) I will (laughs) absolutely lose my mind. I want you to really badly. I think that'd be the coolest thing. It will be the end of my life. Well, I mean, really, that's all there is to say about beaked whales. You know, Do we have any questions, like? class? Okay, <laughs> so they, you know, the ancient like maps and drawings from like ancient Greece and things like that. Yeah, these look a lot. I know they're supposed to be dolphins, but they look a lot more like the beaked whales than they do like dolphins. Like they look like a bottlenose <laughs> whale, not a bottlenose. Do- you know what I mean, though? It's true. So I wonder if like there is an element of going back and being like, is this really a dolphin or is it something different? Because they're so uh, similar, but... Kenzie, can you tell us your uh, time-traveling ability? Yeah, Kenzie, oh. can you just do a quick solid? And yeah. go back to ancient Greece. Yeah, let, let me just, like, hop and board just... and meet up with my friend Odysseus and be like... Great. Oh, well, great. I would look I would look for Pliny the Elder because he's got, like, apparently the lid on everything, but it's not correct, so you can kind of school him a little bit. That's that. That's fine. I can I can do that. I'm I'm fine with schooling men. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I wouldn't be surprised though, because imagine I'm always curious what animals are no longer around. Yeah, like, of us, and but then again, like a uh, stellar sea cow. Yeah, like yeah. That, that. Oh my god, what I wouldn't give to have seen a stellar sea cow. What a stellar sea cow, stellar sea eagle. We got a lot of stellar things today, kids. That literally might be my biggest regret about the time we live in currently. <laughs> you know what, though? I was never able to see a stellar sea cow. But, Katie, maybe it was reincarnated into the sea eagle. And so what we need That's to do... That's why he's lost. That's why he's lost! <laughs> That's it! He's like, I just want to be in the ocean. <laughs> he's like, I'm trying, but I don't have the right stuff anymore. But I used to do this all the time. For those that don't know, by the way, a stellar sea cow is like a giant manatee it looks like even like you thought manatees were big (laughs) we talk about this in like our our extinct animals episode yes yes we did okay go back and see that that's why i wasn't part of that episode it's fine (laughs) um kids you were offered oh i know (laughs) i mean um no i because if you search, you won't find any. You won't find <laughs> right. Any. I was about to say, I don't think you have any. You answers. have learned all there is to know. Yeah, I don't know what questions I can have. I have extensively covered the entire internet looking I mean, yeah, for big whale things to share questions. with you. You can't answer them, but I do have a lot. 
yeah my main question is about this eye tooth thing i'm not really over it yet on this which one was that we think that they have we think that they have tusks uh just strictly for uh attracting the ladies we think that that's why they evolved the tusks. Possibly uh, like not, a babarusa. Right, because they're saying. not using their tusks to eat and they don't use their teeth at all. Right, because so they're that the doing vacuum have... shit instead. Right, Whoa, so we think that the ones that have I don't tusks, like the vacuum it's... thing. I know, but they're children. <laughs> no, I looked at our stats. There are barely any children <laughs> that listen to this episode. Should we just go? Should we just get rid of the PG thirteen? Just go right to R rated. You can say shit in a PG thirteen movie. You just can't say the F word. Uh, well, you could say it. You can say it once. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta really choose your timing. Oh. <laughs> anyway, any other questions for the group? Uh, I don't have any questions, but I do have a nightmare about whales. Yeah, oh, I yes, want to hear about this whale nightmare. Go for it. You guys ready about this? Yes. <laughs> no, but go ahead. Okay. So, listeners, if you don't already know, um, I have a very, very vivid imagination. And unfortunately, <laughs> that, tends, that tends to bleed into my dreams. Everything. Like, I, I once dreamt that Jesus was an Argyle sock. <laughs> I had that dream when I was 10, and it still sticks with me. <laughs> I mean, who's to say? <laughs> who's to say? Anyways, I'm sure my mother is listening to this and getting a kick out of it. But here, here's the setup. Okay. I'm asleep. <gasps> and while I'm sleeping, I'm dreaming. Now, what's happening is that I am around Cocoa Beach. And I have the money to afford this real condo apartment. And we're in, like, this really big skyscraper, right? Okay. Really, really high up. When did I you have this dream? It was... Oh, like this week. This, this, oh, this was recent. No, it's very, very recent. I'm pretty sure it's because I ran out of my medication for a few days. And so my brain was going through some weird withdrawal. <laughs> like, What's going on? Because <laughs> apparently that's a side effect of withdrawals is you get really bad nightmares. So I'm like, okay. Also, if you take malaria medication, it's also a side effect. Yes. Can't can confirm. I also had that too. Um but what happened was that we had a really bad line of storms. And also, I guess a glacier somewhere broke off. Anyways, climate change was just as real in the dream as it is out here. And next thing I know, when the, the TV is reporting massive flooding on the east coast of Florida, and sure enough, the water is rising up my building. Like the ocean just came in and decided it was going to be my neighbor. And <laughs> And it's the waves are like starting to crash against the windows of my apartment. It, it's gotten that flooded, and I'm looking down, and I can see the main road, and there's a shadow of a giant whale just like swimming beneath me, which is kind wow. of cool. I'm like, okay, was, that's- was it this Blainsville's beaked whale? <laughs> no, with the not- eye teeth. No, no, no. That'll that'll be in our dreams tonight. Don't no. worry. No, th- okay, this good. was more of like your standard blue whale, gray whale, humpback whale. You know those okay. kinds of whales. Well, next thing I know, there's a bunch of dolphins jumping around, right? Oh, here's what turns into a nightmare. This is so fun. So I'm I'm standing there at my my apartment, and I'm wondering how the heck I'm going to evacuate out of here to get back to dry land. You know, where's my cat? I can't find her. And all these dolphins are flipping around, having a great time. And next thing I know, I see bubbles. And you guys have seen documentaries or seen 
the humpback, you know, all the baleen whales will come up and their throat enlarges when they go to gulp. Oh, up yeah. Whale. Yeah. So um, the whales were doing that, but with the dolphins. <gasps> they were oh, no! eating dolphins. <laughs> I, like, I remember vividly one whale scooping up a, a bottlenose dolphin hanging out the corner of this. Oh wow, that is a messed up image. It is. It is. It's not a pretty image. It was what killer whale? Yeah. I'm gonna say that's some vengeance for all the stuff that like killer whales have pulled on mm-hmm. other whales, right? <laughs> and they were just getting their revenge on dolphins. In yeah. Here's, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. As I'm watching this poor dolphin get eaten alive, <laughs> I'm standing there going, "That's a baby whale." They don't eat dolphins. They eat krill. Yeah, it's like, bad. Kenzie's yelling what? at the whale, hey, don't you know you're not supposed to do that? That's not your diet, bruh. Meanwhile, the you know it's like, bad. <laughs> Anyways, that was my dream. <laughs> I don't know what was happening. You know it's bad when you're sympathizing with the dolphin. <laughs> I know on the show we try not to villainize animals. Except for dolphins. <laughs> We've done a but pretty good job of metal dolphins. <laughs> Listen, some animals just need to be bullied. <laughs> yeah, like ah! my dog, Ellie. <laughs> or my cat. All right. Yeah. Uh, let's wrap this up. Uh, any announcements this week? I don't think so. Um, no, we're going to be... Oh, oh, we're planning on uh, recording our first uh, Patreon exclusive episode. <gasps> very exciting we have it all planned out you will not want to miss this one so if you are not a patron highly recommend becoming a beluga babe i promise you it will be worth it uh we'll give you a sneak peek perhaps in a week or two once we have recorded that episode but let me tell you you don't want to miss it it's gonna gonna be be a lot of fun it'll be about the big blue world (gasps) that's a really niche clue if (laughs) that's true niche clue we'll take it uh if you aren't following us on social media, that's fine. I don't post it very often. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's all right. Uh, the most important thing is that you're listening like... now. Uh, but if you want to join us on Patreon, you can do that. If you want to join us on Instagram, Facebook, whatever your heart desires, we're there too. Um, if you have an idea for an episode, you can DM us or email us at conservationqueenspodcast at gmail.com. That's all we've got for this week. I go hope you go website. out and learn oh, something. Oh, oh, um, oh, a couple of people did on Patreon give us their addresses. So your Conservation Queen stickers are going to be coming soon. Yes. Ooh. I will send those out soon. Also, if you become a patron, you get a sticker. And they're stickers. Good. That's true. You get a sticker. You get a big blue world. You get a lot of things happening. And by a lot, I mean two. But <laughs> for now, more to come. More to come. 2022 is our year. No, no one claimed that year. No one claimed this year. <laughs> it's still too early. We've already had a volcanic eruption, and I don't know. We're not doing this. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much for joining us all this week. Uh, get out there, learn something about a BQL, and stay sustainable. Bye. 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 <laughs>